Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Amazing to have you listening or viewing wherever you are. As we go through the middle part of this 10-part series called Transition for the Open Pantry Podcast and we talk about strategy and the way to open up venues again and the way to think about the strategic mindset you need to have uh, in trading profitably through this tough time, uh, I've known the work of the next uh, co-founder for, for a good period of time now through an amazing app, which I've been looking on uh, with amazement and excitement. So it's fantastic to have Jordan Murray, who's the CEO and co-founder of SUP app on the line with me. How are you, Jordan? Hey, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words and, <laughs> and okay. for having me with Open Pantry. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, you know, I definitely mean when I said I, I know there's been SUP app. I want you to really get into it uh, in a second, but it's 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 a really important app for the industry because shifts and rostering and, and that kind of thing have always been a challenge for the industry and making sure that we can um, recruit, hire, train, develop, um, or just have great people in our venues has always been a challenge for the industry. So um, I know that SUP has been doing a fantastic job, has had, you know, a lot of great people involved in it, obviously, as well as you being the CEO. But do you want to just talk to the audience about how you started out in your career and how, how it came to be that you became the CEO of SUP? My hospital career started at the age of 14 as a, a dishy for mm-hmm. the snapper and her sister in, in Perth. <laughs> um, if any of your, your listeners are from WA, they, they'll know that fish and chip shop. Uh, they <laughs> awesome. paid 10 bucks an hour cash. Um, and I've, I worked in various hospital jobs between then and, and now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my 20s, studied finance and economics. And uh, that, that led to a, a career as an analyst, um, working for mainly... Uh, consulting firms or or in industry for for big multinationals uh, and that that job was was great it allowed me to travel it took me to uh, parts of Australia and Mongolia Argentina wow. um, where I where I did stints uh, as an analyst so um, but then got back into hospitality through Kate from Loon mm-hmm. um, we began sketching wireframes for for a platform um, and incorporated SUP app proprietary limited in Back in 2016, right. um, so I, I suppose I've I've come full circle. Yeah, how did it how did it come about that you had that you know connection with Kate and that meeting and sort of talking about something like SUP actually coming up? Uh, well, the connection with Kate, we were we were going out, mm-hmm. um, and we'd have we'd have breakfast at Cumulus, sitting up at the bar there, and. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like couples do, I, I suppose we were griping on about all of the problems with our jobs and uh, a recurring theme with Kate was the, the staffing issue back then. It was just her and Cam in, uh, her and Cam in Elwood mm-hmm. and um, you know, being a, a two-person team, they had lines around the corner and uh, re- their real bottleneck was um, production and mm-hmm. uh, and then staffing to help help them increase that production. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, and even among their their strong network, that they would struggle to find staff. So the basic premise was, um, when when businesses have a, a roster vacancy, 
Um, the right person with the right skills is out there. You just can't see them. Um, and from the, the individual's perspective, when you need income, there's someone out there in the hospitality industry that needs a, a shift filled. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't, you just don't know that manager. You just can't see that shift. So we could create a, a central platform where the whole industry could see one another and, and trust one another enough to bring a stranger into your venue um, to, to handle cash or, or run the point of sale um, or, or put in charge of the food that, that gets sent out to your, um, your, your regular customers. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, there, there might be a business model in that. And so the, we started the wireframes and um, the team grew. We got Cam, Kate's brother on board and, mm-hmm. uh, and Sean Woodhouse, uh, a really, really great CTO. Um, who hadn't done anything entrepreneurial like like this? So mm-hmm. um, the team the team sort of grew from there, and it was a slow burn for the first couple of years, um, 2017 and 18. Um, you know, we were we were very bootstrapped. We had a little bit of capital from friends and family yeah. um, that uh, that didn't really pay anyone's wages. It went purely into developing a, a prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I suppose the real real momentum for us probably came uh, last year after the capital raising. We did an equity crowdfunding round and mm-hmm. um, and a, an angel and um, which allowed us to to hire a team to build the next stage of the roadmap, um, which we've we've been sort of deploying in in chunks um, over the past year. So. Um, things were th- things were going extremely well. Um, <laughs> ha- well, having the having the best time of our life until COVID hit. Yeah, yeah. Did you actually did you actually feel like the the app was starting to get some momentum and 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 really you know obviously it's been a big thing in Melbourne as we said before the podcast. But has it been something that you thought you could easily scale across you know the rest of the nation? Like this is an important app for the rest of the nation in hospitality. Yeah, I think the the larger the network, the the better the experience for both businesses and workers on both sides of the platform. Mm. Um, and that was growing at, at light speed. I um I have a an Apple Watch with Stripe um, Stripe linked to it, and I get a, a vibration every time a shift is paid. And <laughs> it got to the point where I was almost ready to turn that off because um, we had a lot of tra- we were processing a lot of transactions and. Mm-hmm. The um the platform, you know, considering we started with just Loon Croissantery as, as a the single venue, um, scaled up to eight hundred venues and eight thousand wow. um, people. Not not all active at once, but it um we had a lot of active venues when when COVID hit and uh, had just launched in Sydney. We had a few active businesses there too, mm-hmm. um, and we'd begun working on connecting connecting these cities. Um, so, so yeah, look, it got, to it was real. the, the, well, the charts were looking very healthy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, up and up and to the right, all in the right direction when, when this happened. Um, I, most, most people in hospitality have a sad story, um, after COVID. Yeah, I think they, um, they definitely do. They definitely do. So I guess, I guess what's your, What's your story at the moment? Like, how have you guys, obviously, you know, uh, we're dealing with, um, in some markets around Australia where, where um, 
um, venues have gone back, but obviously you guys are dealing in Sydney and you're dealing in, in Melbourne um, where we've got massive lockdowns in Melbourne back to stage three as we tape this in the middle of July. Um, what have you guys seen happen to the app and to the hospitality industry as a whole since lockdowns sort of happened, Jordan? Uh, well, I, I think there's been a rapid scale down of teams across all hospitality business formats, mm-hmm. um, you know, from caterers, which have been scaled down to virtually nobody, um, up, up to the fine dining restaurants and um, cafes where, you know, most of the staff were casual, so um, not eligible for, or cal- casual and hadn't been employed there for more than 12 months, mm-hmm. so not eligible for JobKeeper. Job so um, this, this rapid scale down had um, means that a lot, of, a lot of these businesses have a long bench of staff where they've reduced their hours mm-hmm. um, and uh, hoping to restore those hours um, to, them, to them as soon as possible whenever they, their customer de- demand uh, returns. Um, so what, what we've seen is a complete cliff um, in sub shifts and we mm-hmm. fully understand that with the current version of the product, um, businesses are going to look after their regular staff. Those staff aren't going anywhere. The mm. um, with stage three restrictions, you can't go on holiday. Um, you know, if you if you're healthy, you want to be working. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and even if even if you are like New South Wales, there still aren't many places you can go. Um, the the borders border from between New South Wales and Queensland opened up on the the weekend and. The, the wait to cross on the road was was two hours wow. um, in a car apparently for, for apparently fifty thousand people were were waiting to cross it wow. um, so yeah I, I think people haven't been able to move around the cities are cities have seized up um, so yeah look we, we saw a cliff with sup um, not not unexpected uh, I, I think w- some of the positives we've seen our industry's energy and ability to adapt their, mm-hmm. their systems um, and, and even, even things like menus. Um, yeah. You know, switching to online ordering, pickup and delivery, implementing COVID-19 safety plans and, um, you know, of course, scaling the team up and down. That's, all of that is work that's it's not necessarily... Um, it doesn't directly contribute to the sale, the, you know, the, the direct operations of the business. So yeah. um, as you know, you, you, you would understand like any other small business owner, there's um, all of that admin takes, takes time, time and effort. So yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. You, and you know, I, I, sorry, Sean, you go. I was going to say like, do you think obviously yours, your product's an app. We're talking about rostering, which it's taken, you know, and filling shifts, which notoriously in some venues outside of probably chain restaurants um, is done poorly. And, um, you know, something like your app comes along, which is, you know, very dynamic um, and has the ability to fill a shift so quickly. Do you, do you, I imagine some of the pushback you've probably got, and I'd really like to understand it a bit further, is the fact that it is technology, it is another app, it is something else that hospitality owners have to figure out how to use. But because we've had these lockdown mm. measures where we've changed to QR, QR ordering, QR codes, we've had to take people's names and numbers, usually through electronic means at the door and all that kind of thing, all that kind of thing. 
Do you think that's a benefit for an app like SUP moving through when we do get back to good times and the fact that you do have hospitality owners which have had to be trained in how to actually figure out technology properly and how and working out, you know, it's mm. actually a really smart move for their venues? Yeah, look, I think that COVID has forced the market to adapt. So mm. business owners... Um, business owners are, are having to adopt technology um, where previously they, you know, they may not have considered it. So um, an example might be online ordering or um, contactless ordering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a fairly recent invention, and um, all of a sudden, all businesses are having to find find the right service provider and adopt it. Um, you know, services like Mr. Yum, um, etc. So I, I think. Yeah, that's that is good for general technology adoption in mm-hmm. the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a if platforms like iOS and Android have guidelines for how apps um, should be built, and so to to make your product as user friendly as possible, you try and follow those guidelines so that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, if you can use uh, an iPhone, then you can use SUP. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, if you're up to that standard and everyone's expects that standard with any app they download to their iPhone, mm-hmm. um, then at least the user, the usability of your app, um, should be, it should be on par. It should be easy to people for people to pick it up and play with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know if you've seen the diffusion of innovation chart that, um, you're, you can apply to, to any innovation since mm-hmm. um, the invention of the wheel or the toaster. Yes, um, it's a good way. It, it's a good way for for any um, founder to founder who's dabbling with in in innovation to um, think about how to to roll what you think about your rollout strategy. So you always want to you want to uh, figure out who is um, what is your uh, the archetype of an early adopter, and mm-hmm. um, you know that's it's normally people who are already using the other innovative apps like um, like Counter or Deputy, and yep. um, and maybe you know, cloud accounting software like Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, look, I think the that the, the shock of COVID is probably good for um, other other startups in the technology space it's been good for for the for wider digital products yeah with regards to the app let's go back when it was good at the start of the year and you know you were getting those notifications that (laughs) made you want to take your take your uh, watch off um what kind of shifts were the main ones that were being filled? Were they barista shifts, chef shifts, kitchen hand? Like what were the main kind of roles that people were putting on the platform and then actually getting facilitated out? Baristas front of house and kitchen hands were, were the main roles. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with just KPs. Mm. Yep. Business formats need a KP. Yep. Um, and just in, just in Fitzroy, then we, started to expand geographically and um, role-wise. Um, and so, yeah, at Melbourne, which where we had critical mass in some suburbs, uh, it, was, it was baristas front of house and, um, and, and kitchen hands. But 
uh, I, I suppose we hadn't really targeted the pubs or, or clubs, so mm-hmm. um, maybe that was maybe that that also speaks to the business formats. Yes, um, we, yeah. we targeted. Mm-hmm. Mm. What um, have you have you found from feedback from um, the venue owners using the app that it's led to almost trial sort of shifts of certain staff members, um, and then that's led to employment, or are they literally just using it? to facilitate shifts in real time that they've had an issue with, you know, someone calling in sick or something like that. Yeah. Subs have turned into a really helpful way to build your core team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the loons start off by heart. Um, 40% of their permanent team has come through sub shifts. Wow. Um, so a, a good way to think about, the the platform is it's it's another pathway for good staff into your business they might come through the front door with handing in a cv Mm. um they might dm you on instagram or or facebook um or they might respond to a job ad that you posted on scout or or speak yep um so it's it's turned into a really handy way to build your permanent team and in that sense you can think of it as well i'm using sup to to plug this roster gap um, but I'm also trialing someone before before I might hire them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're working at the moment on a toggle um, that'll be released in the next couple of weeks with, with the next version of SUP. Um, it allows when you're posting a shift to um, toggle on uh, to say that there might be a permanent position available yep. for the right fit. Awesome. Um, awesome. So I think both... So- yeah. So, so, Sean, we chose an open marketplace model opposed to an agency one. We don't see the users on suppers as our assets. Um, the asset is the platform and the, and the data that we're, we're accumulating. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the agency model is more of, well, we, they spend a lot of... T- they're, they're, because they're high touch, um, low technology, they spend a lot of time um, interviewing the people and screen, screening them. Um, so... They've, they've invested in that person. They don't want you to poach them into your business. Whereas, because we have a peer review system yep. where essentially the community vets, vets people within the community vets itself, um, where we're able to choose this more open marketplace model where people are free to come and go, use it wherever they like. Have you found that to be more successful? Because you're right. I mean, the agency model like, is obviously huge. Um, but large, in my one man's opinion is largely broken. And I think um, from speaking to them with recruiters over the last couple of months, um, they know it's broken and they take too much of a percentage of, you know, someone's, um, someone's fee um, to really get to the same point that SUP gets to, right? Where you're literally just, if you, if you want to get someone to a permanent position, you're still going to take them to trial and you're going to see how they go for a, for a couple of shifts before you actually fully commit to taking them on. And if they're into the right brands, then they're going to be, you know, um, uh, orientated correctly, inducted correctly, and all those great things which make um, great brands and great people. Like, do you think SUP is just sort of cutting out the BS to some degree? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... We, we didn't look at other people's business models and try and do one better. We, mm. we, we spoke to the customers and uh, asked them what was wrong with, with the current systems. What, what, was their, what was their dream solution and um, started working from there. So I think we've come up with a, a very original 
platform that does things in a in a new way that hasn't been seen before. And um, I I hope we've cut out a lot of the BS. Um, and for both sides, not just the not just the business, because mm-hmm. um, you know good staff are are hard to find. And uh, asking them to come in to to do an interview, um, in the hope that they might get um, they might get shifts or uh, doing putting them on a trial, um, I, I think that's asking too much. So you know, mm. SUP is SUP doesn't ask for much time from um, the applicants. They fill out a an application form, um, and from that form we can ascertain whether or not they're skilled enough to do shifts on our platform. Yep. Um, so there is a some level of screening from us, but it takes five minutes of their time rather than half an hour or sometimes an hour to travel into the city, do an interview. Yeah. Um, and then an hour traveling back to, you know, maybe get all, all of that adds up and erodes the user experience um, or the experience for a, um, for a worker in the industry. So mm. um, yeah, we, we've considered, and that this has been, perhaps the, the biggest challenge is balancing the um, balancing the needs of the workers and the hirers uh, in this two-sided marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't think of that before the time, the time spent to actually go and apply for a job and actually go to interviews and that kind of stuff. And I think if you're a part-timer or a casual person, not a full-timer in the industry, like that's a real pain in the ass because you could, you could go to a lot of different interviews, which are just, um, you know, going to go nowhere. Like it's a, it's a real big challenge, but um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, you're going to be really close to this because you've, you've obviously got a lot of venues on the, on the, um, on the app, like based on what you're seeing with sub, like what, what areas of the industry do you think are going to be hit the hardest coming back, you know, out of, out of lockdown and out of restrictions? Do you think it's going to be the hotels and clubs? Do you think it's going to be sort of the independent, cafes and restaurants like do you have a gut feel of what you're sort of seeing at the moment uh, in terms of business formats i i think caterers um mm. without a doubt there's and there's a ban on on events yeah um in 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 victoria um so we've i mean some some of the the savvy ones like blake's feast have started a um a takeaway offering and yeah. um so they were able to quickly pivot and uh coffee on queue who do mo- mobile the mobile coffee carts um they're now selling beans online um yeah. d-, d to c so um you know that some have been able to to pivot i think caterers though obviously hurting right now um fine diners mm. I, I believe the consumer tightens their belt yes um so yeah it'll be interesting to see which um, which of these formats bounces back the best? Um, it seems from it's almost. I'm in New South Wales at the moment. If in case you couldn't tell, yes. Um, so <laughs> you know, not not suffering through the the Victorian winter. And um, I was I was in Melbourne for round one of stage three restrictions. Yeah. Um, and it's I can say it's it's like chalk and cheese comparing New South Wales to to Vic. Mm. Um, but it's it is it has given me a lot of hope to see hospitality um, seemingly return to to um, normal life um, up here. So I, I really do believe that's waiting on the other side of um, getting on, on of flattening the curve in in Victoria. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether uh, fine dining is going to bounce back as as strongly, and um, maybe caterers will. I think as state, as restrictions are, are lifted, um, we're probably not going to go straight back to having a hundred thousand people in a stadium. Um, but yeah. maybe maybe those operating in the small event space will will do well. Yeah, it's um. I think it's now going to play out that every state's going to have every state in Australia is going to have its own um, its own unique uh, time through this. Obviously, as we tape this in mid July, I know that. Um, uh, WA is, um, I think, allowing 30,000 people to go to a football game uh, on the weekend. And, and Melbourne, you can't even sit down and have a cup of coffee in a venue at the moment. So it's a bit, um, you know, it's, it's so chalk and cheese. So I can't, I can't imagine how hard it is to be, a, um, to be a hospitality owner at the moment. It's just so, so confusing to know what is going to happen next, you know? Yeah. And... Um- Maybe the maybe the new normal for a while is a, a really uncertain operating environment where um, we we could have an outbreak and maybe until we have a vaccine or or very good treatment for for people with the disease, mm. um, we, we're going to live in this uncertain operating environment. So, um, and it, it is it is really exhausting to adapt your business every time we the rules change. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been drastically changing. So um, we're, we're definitely not out of the woods yet. Uh, yeah. d- damn, damn you all in West Australia. <laughs> I know. It's, um, uh, I lived there for a little bit of time and I'm, I'm almost wishing I didn't leave, but, um, but I do love Melbourne, so it's too hard. <laughs> um, la- last question to you, Jordan, and thanks so much for being, being on the podcast. It's been really interesting to understand sort of your point of view. I know that the data that you've got through the app is, is beneficial to see the, the holistic view of what hospitality is going to deal with at the moment. So I do appreciate your time. Let's, let's talk about, you know, the updates that are, that are going to happen to the SUP app. You talked about, um, you talked about that a bit before. Um, but I know that SUP is going to be a really important part of how people rebuild their teams following COVID um, crisis and you know the scaling up and maybe scaling down and scaling back up of venues. So, do you want to talk? About- well, everyone by now has probably bought a coffee from um, the their lo- local cafe where the the owner has decided to get back on the tools and mm. um, and pull the shot. Um, you know, I, I think we're probably going to see that see that for a while. Obviously. Um, Teams have been scaled down. There's a lot of good baristas looking for work out there. Mm. Um, when is that manager going to have the confidence to hire someone, um, hire someone on a permanent basis? I don't know. But um, we, we recently released uh, a new feature that allows a, uh, that manager or that owner to hire someone on a more incremental basis. So um, I think without this, this feature... There's there's a lot of admin and um, back back end work involved in hiring someone um, for one shift here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've streamlined the admin and payments for up to two weeks worth of either back to back or non consecutive shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really proud of this product. It's it's been designed around Australian hospitality and and the way our cafe and restaurant in- industry works. And um, I'm 
we we launched it a couple of weeks before the most recent stage three restrictions and mm-hmm. uh, about 60% of all shifts that were posted were, were block shifts. So um, awesome. more, more than one and ba- either back to back or non-consecutive. So it's really what we're trying to do is give businesses flexibility um, so that they can scale their team up as their customer d- demand fluctuates um, mm-hmm. in step with go- new government restrictions or, or weather or, um, or, or cost cutting. Um, so that's probably the most exciting thing that we've, um, our, our product team has been working on through the lockdown. Um, and we're, we're, we've now moved on to building SUP Pro, which is a subscription tier. Awesome. Uh, so the, the app is, is freemium model. Um, being a SUP Pro as a worker, it, it gives you a passport so you can change your location. Um, so in a, in a world where the borders are open, yep. um, you'll be able to use this passport to pre-arrange a couple of weeks of work in Byron Bay or, mm-hmm. or Perth or, or Brisbane or the Gold Coast. And um, so rather than traveling, um, traveling using your savings or traveling using credit, you'll be able to lock in some income for the place where, where you want to go. Um, and I think awesome. after, after lockdown, people will be looking forward to some, um, some working holidays um, yeah. getting, getting out of Melbourne. And especially the the um, the benefit for employers is the fact that that person's already vetted, you know, like from the from the community, right? So like, exactly. it's not like just flying blind with someone. It's um, it's beneficial for both parties, which is um, a freaking awesome thing. So well done. Um, yeah, that that's right. It's from the workers' perspective, they're jumping the queue of job seekers because they're yep. taking their reputational data with them, and the um, the business is tapping into the references left by. Um, other businesses around Australia. So um, we're going from uh, connecting suburbs to connecting regions of Australia. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. What, um, finally, what's the, what's the best way that people can find out about SUPAP and, and what you guys are doing for a bit more information? Check out our, our brand new website. We've got a new color palette. We've got cool. new illustrations. Cool. Um, so yeah, please, please check out suppapp.com.